The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build the tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Generous God, may the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Inspirer. Amen. I'm sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. This phrase brings us into the heart of our second reading, the very center of a letter that we've heard this morning almost in its entirety. Philemon being among the shortest books of the entire Bible. Paul is sending Onesimus back so that the good deed to free this former slave might be voluntary and not something forced. Onesimus had been adopted, given a new name, a name meaning beneficial in Greek. So here we have beneficial carrying a beneficial message to his former owners in order to free them from the shackles of privilege and the idolatry of slavery. The point is for everyone involved to be freed from the dehumanization of oppression to be both beneficial and fully human as siblings and partners with Paul in his ministry. 
Paul wrote playfully, Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you. The same Greek word for benefit or usefulness shows up in the Septuagint version of Sirach, where we are told, If a son is disciplined, he will be of some usefulness, and his father can boast of him to his friends. Now, I know I don't need to remind you that children also need grace and peace and encouragement, nurture, consistent attention and respect in order to succeed. Even Jeremiah, a prophet known more for his anger at injustice than his focus on familial nurture, still gives us the image of the attentive care of God's formation, drawing the work of a potter at the wheel. As God's healing arms rework us until we find ourselves balanced and whole. I don't want to be misunderstood here as a spare the rod Neanderthal. And Jesus in our gospel gives us some difficult words. Difficult words that I think draw on the wisdom of the warrior. Who, that word for hatred could also be translated as indifference. Who is, who loves his family so much that he is able to be indifferent to his own life. Who's willing to lose his own life for the sake of the whole. And I think Paul, in our letter, is no softy either. In the introduction, the, address, the letter is addressed to Philemon, first as our dear friend and co-worker, but it's also addressed to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and your house church. Scholars have surmised that the letter is addressed to a Roman family and, that, and also to the underground church that meets in their home. Thus, in this interpretation, Philemon is married to Aphippia, and Archippus could be their son. Archippus could have been a good soldier in the good fight of faith, if not a literal soldier also. But given that Philemon is not addressed as a fellow soldier, allow me to suggest to you that Philemon, the paterfamilias of this Roman family, has not yet fully enlisted in the faith in the way that his son has. Toward the end of the letter, we hear of another compatriot in the faith. This is after our reading ends. Epaphras, my fellow captured soldier in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. These soldiers are involved in the fight for justice. We might look back on the times in the history of majority white churches where Paul's writings were used painfully to justify racism and other forms of dehumanizing oppression, where this kind of idolatry was tolerated because it was a social norm and because people were too afraid to talk about changing it, where everyone just wanted to get along because it was easier in the short term at least to avoid an inconvenient truth than it was to confront it. We could say the same of sexism or ageism or ableism, homophobia or classism. What a difficult 
prisoner, prison conversation it must have been when Paul told this eager young Onesimus, who he had adopted as his own son, when he told Onesimus that he should go back to the household that had previously held him in oppression, bearing only a letter from Paul, a fellow Christian, who at the time was actually imprisoned. In fact, in case we didn't notice, Paul utilizes this same letter to point out that he is actually counting on the church's prayers and perhaps also their actions to free him too. This could have been Paul's means of calling for assistance also. These days we get supposedly a phone call from prison. Maybe this was Paul's way of reaching out to the people who could help him. Paul wrote, One thing more, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping through your prayers to be restored to you. If he'd been writing in today's English, he could have said, I am hoping through y'all's prayers to be graciously released to you. The prayers of Philemon and Aphia and Archippus and their whole house church is what supports this accountability structure. Paul is counting on their prayers so that he might be able to visit and check in on them. This isn't chutzpah, I don't know what is. Our epistle today asks us to consider nothing less than the nature of bondage and freedom, both spiritual and literal. Paul is asking for Onesimus' freedom, freedom to serve as a brother, and he's asking the church to pray for his release as well. He's challenging the church to live into the freedom of true grace, a grace that is neither cheap nor comfortable with suffering or oppression. Later church tra tradition tells us that there was a bishop of Ephesus around the year 110 who received a letter from the bishop of Antioch who was imprisoned in Ephesus at the time, thanking him for his visits and the visits of the church. This Onesimus gathered a number of Paul's earliest letters to serve as the beginnings of a textual corpus that was still taking form. We have no way of confirming in this Bishop Onesimus had once been a runaway slave who had returned to his master with a letter petitioning for his release so that that release would be something voluntary and not something forced. But the question, the fact of the coincidence of those names adds a level of mystique to Onesimus' story. Perhaps the grace of a Christian life consists of being set free that we might voluntarily choose to put ourselves in the role of a servant for the sake of freedom. Perhaps it means living in the freedom to give ourselves and those who are closest to us into God's care, knowing that we are not God and that God can do for them better things than we can possibly ask or imagine. As Paul wrote, I'm sending him, that is my own heart, back to you.